Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by... It's so much more than just a profile picture. At Catholic Singles, our platform offers you many opportunities to get to know the person behind the picture. Sign up today at catholicsingles.com. Good News Ministries of GNM.org. It's the Catholic place for growing your faith. Good News Ministries will provide you with faith-building reflections, virtual retreats, prayer resources, and lots more. All of it is free. Visit gnm.org today. By definition, a storyteller conveys events in words, images, and sounds, often by improvisation or embellishment. The Living Bread Radio Network presents The Storytellers with Tony Agnesi. Today you'll hear a faith-based, inspirational story that's both heartfelt and heartwarming. And now, let's meet today's storyteller with Tony Agnesi. Hi, this is Tony Agnesi, and welcome to this edition of The Storytellers. Each week, we feature a guest with unique and inspiring stories to tell. The Storytellers is brought to you in part by CatholicBook.net, and all of the books featured here on the program are available at CatholicBook.net. The program can also be heard via podcast immediately following the broadcast at thestorytellersradio.com. And it's available wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify, and many others. Uh, Today's guest is Father Michael White. Uh, Father Mike is uh, the author of uh, a book series that I fell in love with when I first read it, along with Tom Corcoran, called Rebuilt. And there's a few books that go with that whole rebuilding the church process. Uh, Father Mike's new book is Church Money, two words that, uh, that, that probably sent a bunch of, of radios clicking to the opposition as soon as I said it. Church money, rebuilding the way we fund our mission. Father Michael, great to have you with us. Hey, Tony. Thanks. Uh, great to be here. Why is it when we put those two words together, a lot of people freak out? Uh, because of the common, uh, not entirely inaccurate uh, impression that all the church talks about is money. And, and we get that impression, and we've had it for a long time that uh, you know that there's something about uh, about that. I uh, am um, you know I'm a st- statistics kind of guy, and I've, I like to follow both Barna and and Pew and those statistical companies. And what's scary to me is church attendance, like in 1950, was about 80, 85 percent of all Catholics went to mass, and now it's scary. It's around 20, and some of the surveys even show less than 20 percent of the people going to mass. Yet in many dioceses, there's always this one or two parishes that are flourishing, and uh, uh, tell us what's the difference? Why is that? Well, in some instances, it's just because their their communities continue to grow, and they're coasting along with the the, the growth of the larger community. Mm-hmm. But in some cases, it's it's quite intentional, and uh, we have had the pleasure uh, as we have uh, unrolled, uh, you know, our our, our various books uh, to visit with hundreds of parishes across the country, and have found many many vibrant uh, communities of, of faith of, of any size, of every mm-hmm. size. Mm-hmm. 
And in, in this part of the country uh, where many of the churches uh, came out of uh, ethnic immigration back in the 20s yeah. and 30s, yeah. uh, there, are, there, are, there are street corners in Cleveland and Akron and Canton where there are you know, a Catholic church on every corner. You know, you've got the Irish church here and the Italian church right. here and so forth. And as those people have moved out of the, um, the center cities and moved out to the suburbs, uh, a lot of times those, those parishes uh, have a difficult time financially, and uh, yet you know, the people who are the grandkids of the people that went to those churches are out in a very vibrant uh, suburban church. Um, funding, I, I'm a guy that uh, that's led two uh, capital campaign drives uh, and have sat on committees to do that. And boy, I'll tell yeah, you what, uh, you. I'll, uh, yeah, thank you. I'll, I'll never volunteer to do that again. But uh, this idea of, of turning... Um, uh, tithing uh, or into into more of a of a stewardship mission. Talk a little bit about that. Well, uh, uh, you have two kinds of giving to the church. I think uh, that um, are biblically based. And one is gifts to the offering, the offertory that support the uh, operations of the parish that allow it to keep running that provides death salaries and all the rest. And then there are capital campaigns, capital projects, uh, when we're going to build something, when we're going to grow something, you know, that are going to move the uh, community forward in some significant standalone kind of way. Um, What we um, um, argue against in our book, and this is kind of controversial, um, are a third category uh, of of, of resourcing that could broadly be called fundraisers. We argue that the Church should uh, be stepping away from fundraisers and really focusing on these other two kinds of uh, money raisers. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about spaghetti dinners and bingos and those kind of things. What's the the rationale for stepping away from those things? Because many churches, that's all they do. Yeah, I know it. And and I get that in some in some communities there are time honored fundraisers that are beloved and cherished, um, and they have a fellowship aspect to them that's worthwhile. I get that, but in many cases it's just naggy, nagging and needy kind of uh, asks for more money in different kinds in different kinds of ways. And the the problem with it from a, a spiritual point of view, from the point of view of, of discipleship, is that fundraisers are transactional, that I give you money and you give me something in return. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's not the way the Lord asks us to give, to fund His Church. Uh, we're to give as an act of worship in our place of worship. Yeah, boy, and, that, and that's a quite a distinction right there. It's a huge distinction. It changes everything. Mm-hmm. And when we come to recognize that our giving, like our Christian service, like our celebration of the sacraments, our, our giving is a spiritual exercise that's enriching both in the short term and is promised rewards in the long term. Because mm-hmm. the Lord over and over and over again says, you know, give and you're building up treasure in heaven. What a great deal is that? 
It sure is. Well, that it, what, what came to mind uh, as you were talking is uh, oftentimes, and even here with Catholic Radio, as we fund you know fundraise, if you will, for Catholic yeah. Radio. Let's yeah. say there was a, a banquet, and um, and I went to it, and I donated an amount of money at the banquet uh, to the Catholic Radio station. The next year, there's another banquet, and I don't particularly like the speaker, and so I just send the same amount of money as a check, and I don't go. And it often occurred to me that, well, if I just increase my pledge by an amount of money, you know, all those two or three or four times a year that I come up with the extra money to go to the event, if I just increase my my giving by that, I would it wouldn't cost me any more. But yet I would be I would be giving in a different manner. Is is that mm-hmm. a starting point for for discussion with someone? Yeah, I, th- I think so. I think that's very legitimate uh, to begin to reevaluate. You're, you're giving and how you're giving and where you're giving and uh, to, to really um, start taking steps. And, you know, it begins with pastors in the pulpit and how they preach this, uh, but start taking steps of, uh, to, toward uh, more, uh, I, would say, I would say, deliberate uh, kinds of, of giving. Mm-hmm. Do um, uh, obviously you have to start at a parish doing this, and and what I find, and I'm, maybe I'm even guilty of this, is uh, many Catholics are so set in their ways that, but gosh, yeah. this is the way we've always done it, Father Mike. Yeah. Why? What are, what are you suggesting here? Yeah, I think that we need to go back to to more authentic uh, style of of giving because, and here's the here's the thing. Eighty percent of parishes in this country are uh, experiencing static or, in fact, declining income. Eighty percent. And so uh, the people that are adverse to change, and nobody likes change, I understand that. I don't like change either. But um, if you're you're experiencing declining income, you've got to change something. Mm Mm-hmm. And I would say, we argue in the, in the book, which I hope uh, everybody will be able to read, um, we argue that the parishes need to change the way they go after money. Mm-hmm. We can't just multiply fundraisers in, in infinitely and indefinitely. Uh, we've got to do it a different way, and why not try the way the Lord told us mm-hmm. to do it? The book uh, that we're talking about is Church Money, Rebuilding the Way We Fund Our Mission by Father Michael White and Tom Corcoran, and uh, they are also the authors of the whole Rebuilt series. Uh, yeah, I, I think that, uh, you know, and it, it makes it makes so much sense to me, and I think I, I just try to look at what people think. A lot of them have the, and I hate to use this term, but the, the Protestant megachurch guy that preaches every week about uh, tithing and you know give 10 percent and so forth and the, and 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 are they saying uh, father michael are, is that where you're going with this mm-hmm. and uh, well i believe in i believe in tithing very much so because uh the bible teaches us uh about tithing as the biblical standard going all the way back to to abraham uh who tithed and jacob who tithed and david who tithed and and the Lord underscored it as well uh, in the in the Gospels, but it 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 is unfamiliar in most Catholic settings, and I understand that, and I'm respectful of that. And for my own parish, I recognize that I couldn't just get up and say, "Okay, everybody should be tithing." 
because that would be an impossible hurdle to, to start out with. What we talk about instead is uh, that we would like everyone to be percentage givers. What does that mean? It means you take a percentage, any percentage. It could be 10, it could be 5, it could be 2, it could be 1, it could be 0.1% of your income. And you begin giving there. You give as a percentage of what you have. Mm-hmm. And, and, then, and then the exercise becomes progressing in your percentage. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm at 1%, could next year I be at 1.5% of my income? And I think that if, if people are challenging themselves in that way, they're, they're growing. And their giving really becomes an important part of their spirituality. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid growing up, and I'm, 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 this goes back a few years, I remember the little tiny parish that we went to in the church bulletin every week. They posted all of the names of the people in the dollar club. They all gave a dollar. <laughs> and um, as I got a little bit older and, and, and uh, you know, was involved in the parish, and it, it almost occurred to me, and I said to the priest, uh, it almost like that the dollar is the measure. You know, I can get my name in the bulletin for a buck. Why would I give two? You know, and I, I well, exactly. I had I had uh, the experience uh, in another uh, parish where the pastor got up and he said he had calculated that there were X number of families in the parish, and if each of them gave eight dollars a week, that that would be uh, sufficient to meet their budget. Mm-hmm. Well, the net result of of that uh, play was that the collection actually went down. Yes, everybody went right. To, if they were giving 10, they gave 8. Yeah, everybody that was giving more than 8 stopped giving more than 8. So it was kind of counterproductive. The book is Church Money, and it's rebuilding the way we fund our a mission. Uh, some lessons learned from a Catholic parish. Father Michael White and Tom Corcoran have written the book. And uh, we're going to get back and we're going to talk a little bit about how we can do this in our own parishes uh, and how we can use church money, the book Church Money, to kind of help us along that way when we return to The Storytellers. Support for the Storytellers is provided by CatholicBook.net, serving the Catholic community for 30 years with books, Bibles, gifts, and more. CatholicBook.net is safe, secure, and simple to use. Just a few clicks and your purchase is delivered right to your door. CatholicBook.net, for 30 years, a commitment to service. Tony Agnesi, and welcome back to The Storytellers. On this edition, I'm joined by Father Michael White, who, along with Tom Corcoran, have written a book entitled Church Money, Rebuilding the Way We Fund Our Mission. What's the most important message, uh, Father, that you want people to come away with 
after they've heard us today and maybe gotten an ability, a chance to read church money? That um, money really holds an outsized place in our, in our heart. And as the Bible says, it stands as the greatest obstacle to God himself. And so it's really important for us, if we want to grow as disciples and, and, and grow as, as healthy disciples, that we're carefully considering uh, how we use money and what, what we're giving and where we're giving it. Mm-hmm. I find, and, and you, know, you correct me if I'm wrong, but in any parish, uh, let's say a parish of 2,000, that about, I don't know, four or five hundred of those, maybe a quarter of those people, are the ones that you see at all the church functions. They're the ones that tend to give the most. They're, yeah. And, and then there, there's a lot of other people who are, not that they don't, aren't at Mass, they're at Mass, but they, they, don't, they, don't, they don't participate in things at the parish. And yeah. that includes giving. I, I, yeah. I, you know, with, without trying, just trying to lump them all together, they, they're not involved in the Bible study, nor do they, do they yeah. feel any obligation to give more than they're giving. How do we reach those people? Because I, I think you may be preaching to the choir with that 25%. Yeah. Um, the uh, majority of people in uh, our parishes who are showing up for Mass on Sunday are not doing much else. I, I think it's sometimes called the 80-20 mm-hmm. principle, that 20% of the people, and I'll bet a lot of your listeners are in that 20%, um, are the people who do everything, make everything happen, you know, uh, uh, make everything run, and then turn around and pay for it, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, they're our hometown crowd, for sure, and we couldn't do it without them. But what we've got to do is... Uh, we're going to successfully move our parishes forward in this very challenging time is to get more people engaged. And I, I think that for us and our parish, it's a question of making engagement easy and accessible. Part of the reason that 80% doesn't want to get involved is because they look at that 20% and say, well, I can't make that kind of commitment. Mm-hmm. I can't do everything. I can't be here all the time. Um, I, I can't give at the level that they're giving, so I just won't do anything. And in fact, if you you know you you put in simple steps that people can take and say, "Hey, show up on Saturday morning and serve for a couple of hours, or serve for two times a month," which is something we say around here, um, that that people can begin to see how they could participate. Mm-hmm. Same for giving, as I was. Uh, saying a moment ago, you know, take a percentage and start giving. Give, give, give somewhere. Give something, and start there, and just begin. How do we convince them that that's discipleship, in and of itself? That that being involved with the parish and then and then giving to support it, obviously putting your money where your heart is, is really discipleship. Right. We have to move away from the sense of obligation and simple fulfillment of, of obligations uh, that are given to us by canon law that are very real, and move instead into a sense of lifestyle, that increasingly our faith is really a part of our whole lifestyle, and that is, that is borne out on a daily basis in our daily quiet time in prayer. Mm-hmm. In the way we're ha- handling our money, in the way we talk to one another, in the way we treat one another, um, everything really. 
Father Michael White is my guest. The book is Church Money. And uh, Father Michael, uh, let's talk a little bit about the Church of the Nativity um, and uh, in uh, in Maryland. And if I'm if I'm at a at a at a parish here in Ohio, how how do I get from where I am to where the Church of the Nativity is? What what kind of timeline is involved? And what were some of the steps along the way? And and how how painful was it as a pastor? Well, sure. Um, just very, very briefly, and our story is told in the book Rebuild, but very briefly, it was about a 15-year journey for us, which sounds like a very long time in the life of a parish. But for for us, it was about five years of just kind of experiencing uh, decline and lack of health and lack of vibrancy at our church, and not really understanding why that was. And not knowing that that was part of a larger pattern that can be found everywhere uh, in the church today. Mm-hmm. And then five years of really studying other churches, healthy, growing churches, in some cases evangelical churches, who I think have a lot to teach us about certain things. And then uh, more recently, uh, just just repeating in a strategic way, uh, new patterns of behavior as uh, a, a parish that have really helped us to grow and to, and to grow healthy. And I, um, go ahead. Having said having said that, I, I would hasten to add that it doesn't take a parish fifteen years to really uh, begin to rebuild and change and grow. Uh, it can be a question of a few years, three or four or five years, if uh, they're committed to it and if they're strategic about it. Church Money is the name of the book, Rebuilding the Way We Fund Our Mission, by Father Michael White and Tom Corcoran. And I'm sure along the way, Father, I mean, you, you, everything didn't work. There had to be a couple of uh, a couple of flubs along the way or missteps. Um, um, oh, my gosh. What kind of a batting average did you have? <laughs> <laughs> um, it was pretty poor uh, for a long time, and that didn't build a lot of a lot of credibility. We made a lot of mistakes and, and missteps, and we talk about them in the book, too. But uh, eventually, we began to, to recognize it's just some, just some basic, um, basic elements uh, of our parish life, like hospitality and how we greet people, or the quality of our music, or the fact that we get so many people involved and serving one another. Mm-hmm. Just those those basic elements can really uh, transform mm-hmm. the life of the parish, and then so many other things follow from those kinds of basic successes. There was a um, a, a Facebook post I saw, and it was a young man, and he was being uh, baptized in a an evangelical church, and and he was giving his testimony. And what what struck me is I know his family, and I knew they were born and baptized Catholic, and so Catholic. forth. And yeah. uh, so I listened to his testimony. He said five things in the testimony. He said first of all that he was greeted and asked to go there. He was invited to come to to church with by someone else. That he was greeted at the church, you know, in, in that way as well. That the music 
music uh, uh, was something he could relate to and it was relatable and so forth, that the quality of the homiletics was good, that the preaching was good, you know, that the, mm-hmm. that the quality of the preaching was good, that they did outreaches, that they went out and did the Habitat for Humanity and painted houses and did all of those kinds of things. And then the last thing he said is they put me in a small group with other, you know, it was my wife and I and our three kids, and they put me with other men, women with three kids of the same age and so forth. And we formed kind of a small group uh, setting in doing that. And all of those things um, are what drew him to this particular church. Aren't those the things we should be doing? Exactly. Exactly. And they're they're achievable. Uh, They're not out of our reach. They're not uh, beyond our budget. We we can do these things in in our parishes, and they're great places to get started. It sounds so simple, and it is, and yet we oftentimes just lose sight of it. What do you say to the pastor, especially a young pastor who really want, is on fire himself, and, and they want to embark on this mission in their parish? Uh, what's the best piece of advice you can give that, uh, that young pastor? Sure. Well, I would say ground himself in prayer for sure, mm-hmm. and uh, surround himself with support of, of people who really care about him and are for him, and um, spend an outsized amount of time on your homily every week. Mm-hmm. Be in there. Mm-hmm. That's a good. That's a good. Be uh, good uh, beginning. Uh, you know, post. Uh, I've heard so many times, and and uh, that. Especially when it comes to, to homilies, that uh, well, you're not a church to be entertained. Uh, you're a church, yeah. for the, and and no, you're you're a church to be fed, and and not only the Eucharist uh, during um, uh, um, uh, communion, but also in the Word and the Word of God, and, and breaking it down, and 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 sharing that with uh, with us through homiletics, those readings of, and and so that we go away. And maybe you're talking about something we, you know, that was said. It just, um, I, I just. You're not a church to be entertained, but you are a church to be fed, as you say, and to be engaged. Engaged. You know, Jesus was incredibly engaging. People who were nothing like him liked him and wanted to be around him because he was an engaging and often witty uh, 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 speaker. He was a great storyteller. He was an attractive, attractional person. And our church community should be like that, too. Why wouldn't they be? Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, this has been great. I, I just, as I said, I'm a fan of Rebuilt and Church Money, Rebuilding the Way We Fund Our Mission. I, I, we're, we're doing this interview actually before the release of the book, so I haven't read it yet. But you can be, be assured that that I'll be uh, I'll be devouring this book uh, as well. And uh, it's out now. When you're listening to this interview, it's out and is available where all good Catholic books are sold. It's also <laughs> available at our sponsor, CatholicBook.net. Just go to CatholicBook.net and look up church money and uh, and the book is available to you there father michael this has been a uh, a, a real joy having you on uh, as i said i'm i'm, uh, I'm a fan and uh, i just love what you're doing there in maryland and i uh, i would just wish we could uh, uh, clone you and and um, and get you out here all over and uh, thank you so much for being with thank us you, today Tony. thank Thanks. you god bless god bless you too and that's our show for today if you miss part of the program the show will be available in 
immediately following this broadcast at thestorytellersradio.com. And it'll be later this week. It'll be available on the Catholic podcasting site, breadboxmedia.com. Now, to find out more about these books or my books or to talk to me about booking for a talk or speaking engagement at your parish or conference, you can go to my website, tonyagnesi.com. Mike, thanks again to Father Michael White for being with us. This is Tony Agnesi inviting you to join me again next time on The Storytellers. God bless you. you've enjoyed today's edition of The Storytellers with Tony Agnesi, a production of the Living Bread Radio Network in Canton, Ohio. To learn more about today's storyteller, go to thestorytellersradio.com. There you can subscribe to the podcast and hear all of our past shows. And join us again next week at this same time for The Storytellers with Tony Agnesi. CatholicBook.net is a proud supporter of the storytellers. Find all the books discussed on today's program at CatholicBook.net or visit our local shop in Canton at St. Raphael Books and Gifts, 4365 Fulton Drive Northwest. CatholicBook.net, for 30 years, a commitment to service. Father Dwight Longenecker. I hope you've enjoyed listening to some of my podcasts here at Breadbox Media, but today I'm speaking to you about a different opportunity. In September 2020, I'll be leading a fantastic pilgrimage cruise from Rome to the Holy Land, and then on the way back, stopping at the cities of St. Paul, Ephesus, Athens, Corinth, and more. While we're at sea, I'll be lecturing on the Gospels, history, or mystery. When we're on land, I'll invite you to join me as we visit all of the holy sites, celebrating Mass, worshiping together, and having a wonderful time of fellowship. If you'd like to know more about this pilgrimage cruise, go to my website, dwightlongenecker.com, go to the right sidebar, and you'll see a picture there which invites you to get more information. Go to my website, dwightlongenecker.com, right sidebar, click on the picture of the cruise ship, and you'll get all the information you need. Alternatively, You can call the company that's organizing the tour at 800-247-0017. 800-247-0017. Ask for Farmalong and Ecker's Cruise to the Holy Land. Thanks for listening. Jack Kane Ford. Find your next Ford Tough vehicle at KaneFord.com.